This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features we give to you there free. Like, uh, unlike, rather, those other talk show hosts, uh, we don't charge you for the site. You can actually go and interact in various different ways, but one of the most important is that you actually get to control the content of the website. So if you find something online that you think is interesting, you submit it uh, as show prep over at freetalklive.com. Then other listeners who are on the site can vote as to whether or not they like or dislike your suggestion. You get to vote on things as well. And the most voted up, make it to the front page and the top of the site, meaning other people will see them more often and we will be more likely to see them here as well. So go to freetalklive.com and get interactive. Uh, we've actually got an unusual uh, guest, sort of a guest host here, in the at least in the beginning of the program because of breaking news. It's a funny day, right? Um, <laughs> We've got Gary Johnson here, and he's back in New Hampshire after what, maybe a couple of months, three months. Well, how long's well, it been? Well, he's been in and oh, out. We just uh, been, yeah, been in and out. Well, so since you've been to Keene, I, I only rank things yeah, based no, on no, when people yeah, come since to Keene. I've been to Keene. <laughs> yeah. Since I've been to Keene. Right. So, Gary Johnson, uh, presidential candidate and of a uh, mostly a liberty mindset, though I definitely want to dig into some issues. Dig away. Uh, that's, here what, today. that's what I'm here for. Ian. So we're going to do that in a little bit, but uh, certainly stick with us here as we talk to some folks on the phone because today. Pretty big day, uh, international news-wise, with Norway apparently under attack. We actually have Al on the line uh, calling from Norway. Al, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, Al. Has it been reported that uh, that it wasn't Muslims that attacked Oslo, but it was uh, high-right uh, extremists? Well, that, we, we haven't figured it out what's going on over, uh, over here yet. Yeah, t- I tell me, I mean, from all I know is that uh, apparently there's a bomb that went off in uh, near some government buildings or in a government building uh, that uh, oh, some several, guy... several bombs. What's that? Several bombs. Several bombs went it was off. a real uh, big, uh, well-organized thing. Okay. And was it all government buildings that were bombed? Uh, pretty much. Also, there was a, a guy that disguised himself as a cop and started firing on a socialist summer camp. Mm. Okay. So, it, and he was he was Norwegian. So the important thing here is it wasn't Al Qaeda or anything like that. It looks like it was Norwegian uh, Nazis, for lack of a better word, or as they might call it here, uh, domestic terrorism. More like Oklahoma than out, than uh, September 11th. Gotcha. I see where you're coming from. So, what do you think about this? I mean, why are they? What are their motivations? Any idea? Well, the 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 uh, right. Well, the socialists have been running the country forever, so they're mad. But good God, shooting at kids! This is a summer camp we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, that's horrible. Government buildings. I don't care much about. Well, there's still human beings in there, and whether they're doing... I think it was early morning and on, the, um, on, and on some kind of holiday of some sort, too. They but only people were still hurt. six people, but they destroyed a lot of buildings. I see where you're coming from. I mean, there's still janitor in they there killed or whatever. more people at that summer camp than with the explosions. Wow. So, uh, I mean, what are people doing out there in, uh, in Norway? You're right in the thick of this. No, no, I'm nowhere close. I'm just watching the news. I just thought it was interesting where the police in Norway, and I don't see it on CNN, they're still screaming Al-Qaeda, Al-Qaeda, but in big red letters here on the uh, national station, it says it was a uh, Norwegian that was arrested. And this is for the shootings, uh, that uh, he was arrested for the shootings? This is this most 
likely they're connected. Do you know what the laws are for possession of handguns in Norway? I certainly don't. Uh, as long as you got a license. Norway is pretty liberal on uh, uh, we- weapon possession, actually, but you have to get a license. Like me as an expat, it, it's really difficult to get one, but I could if I wanted to. Was anybody armed at this summer camp? Of course not. Hmm. This is a socialist summer camp, right. literally. Right. Wow. Thanks for sharing. And the guy that was dressed as a cop. That's how he got in there. Well, you know, people, people. That, that's why you would use that uniform. Uh, you know, that, it works here too. It's helpful. <laughs> yep. Yep. They, it's uh, helpful. The, the government puts force behind the uniform, and then people bow to it, and and then criminals use it. It's it's not. It, it happens here too. Al, thanks for sharing yeah. that tonight. Any other details you want to get out to uh, make sure everybody's no, straight on? No, I really on? want to hear from Gary Johnson. That guy's cool. Well, he's right here. Uh, so, Gary, I mean, your thoughts? Oh, well, just that uh, I, I'm uh, all ears. I, I, I'm all ears. I, I just. Well, that was that was all I had, man. Well, all right, thanks, <laughs> Al. Thanks. Appreciate hearing thanks. from you. Uh, 800-259-9231. We know that, at at least in this country, there's been some talk about domestic terrorism and being prepared for that and kind of the idea of maybe shining the light off of this so-called overseas threat, the uh, Islamists, and focusing more on whoever it would be that would bomb something here that maybe was born around these parts, uh, so to speak. And there have been, you know, what is it, the uh, fusion centers, uh, Marcus? Yes, they call that's them? the terminology. And they, you know, they've been putting out documents for years, saying, "Hey, look out! If somebody has a copy of the Constitution, you know, they could be a terrorist or something like that." And so you may see an increase in, as a result of this, you may see an increase uh, in, you know, an excuse to continue the police state, to expand the police state. Just because it wasn't someone from so-called Muslim areas doesn't mean that the cops are just going to say, oh, well, this is not a big deal. I mean, they're, they're still going to behave in exactly the same way. Could be. Um, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's hard to know. You know the, sometimes uh, the government folks, they, they make a big reaction to uh, something that's gone on in, in the international community. Other times they just kind of ignore it and let it go. I, it, it's really hard to know. Gary Johnson, do you think that government can actually protect people? Uh, no, I don't. Um, there, what what, the, what this is showing is uh, there are deranged human beings all over the whole planet, and uh, what we end up doing with government is we end up uh, passing laws and uh, enacting rules and regulations that uh, theoretically protect us against this kind of incident happening here in this country. And as a result of that, uh, all of our freedoms are impinged upon and uh, our civil liberties go out the window and we just continue down this path, endless path of, of uh, a loss of all those, all those freedoms you, and liberties. If you look at what has uh, – <clears throat> if you look at what's going on in the past uh, with these you know, government people continually, continually uh, aggressing against folks – this is really what is driving a lot of this. I mean, it drives the uh, the folks that consider themselves Muslims who are doing terror. They're driven because there's been aggression against their people in where they live. Uh, these folks in uh, Norway are people who want to get control of an aggressive government so they can turn aggression against whoever they want to aggress against. And they believe that it's going to be violence that will help them, you know, get 
achieve their goals. I mean, governments seem to teach the lesson to folks that violence solves problems and that if you can get in control of uh, the government, then you can use its giant, you know, ginormous uh, amount of guns and soldiers to enact and inflict violence upon your political opponents. And it's just kind of this this ongoing cycle where it never it never ends. It's frustrating, isn't it? Uh, you know, I, I just uh, I just read the book in the Garden of the Beasts by uh, La- uh, Larson, who wrote who also wrote uh, Devil in the White City, but it was the rise of power of Hitler before uh, um, before World War Two. So his his rise, his entire rise, and it was told through the eyes of the uh, U.S. ambassador and his family in uh, Berlin. And I just thought it was fascinating that uh, that this is this is what this is what ultimate government leads to is what happened in uh, in germany nazi G- N- hitler rising to power well you know some people would say that uh, governments at least if it has a role that its role is to protect life liberty property those kind of things what does government do um to you know, handle sort of deranged lunatics. Um, you know, if a situation like this happened in the United States and things have happened that are similar, what, what's government's role? You know, uh, as governor of New Mexico, so, so you're, you're asking a question mark that uh, really doesn't have an answer. But as governor of New Mexico, the notion that uh, we, we can talk about that and that uh, um, you know may, maybe there are some real solutions to identifying. Uh, deranged individuals. I don't know of what those are. The solutions aren't going to be provided by a monopoly on violence, which is what the government is, and in order to provide its so-called services, it has to violate people's freedoms in the first place. So that, it's it's corrupt from the very his, get-go. His, his, historically, we've never provided those as solutions. This is Free Talk Live. The Ruger LC9. Compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP. Features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com slash LC9. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves, dial in toll-free, and bring up what you want at 800-259-9231. Though, if you have a question for Gary Johnson, the presidential candidate, Gary Johnson, former governor of New Mexico, a major, uh, major visible advocate of ending the insane war on drugs, uh, he's here with us tonight, 800-259-9231, at least for uh, this, uh, the remainder of this first hour here. And, of course, we will take your calls about anything as well. 800-259-9231, this is Free Talk Live. Ruger has some exciting new offerings for this model year. The Ruger LC9 is a new, slightly larger cousin to the very popular LCP. It's compact, has numerous safety features, a three-dot sight system. Ruger always has and always will mean rugged. The Ruger LC9, the next handgun you must own, made in America and made for you. Ruger.com. Gary, do you think if uh, somebody had an, an LC9 that they might have been able to solve this problem in Norway? Well, uh, when uh, Columbine happened, nobody really wanted to hear what uh, would have been a um, a potential remedy for um, making that situation less uh, calamitous in the future. Nobody wanted to hear that if you really wanted to address that problem in a way that was going to prevent that from happening in the future to that degree, 
uh, you would require all uh, all teachers in all public schools to carry handguns. I, nobody, nobody wanted to hear that, yep, and, I, and I'm just going to pose that it would have that would have been less calamitous. Well, uh, they certainly would have taken care of the problem. I don't I know about making people that uh, don't want to carry guns carry guns, but <laughs> no, no, no. It, it, and I'm not and I'm not proposing such. But uh, no, nobody wants to hear that the solution to these pro- that there are solutions to these problems. Well, the solution would be it, to allow them to carry a gun. It, it's allowing an individual that wants to carry to carry and parents as well because you know parents are going on and off campus at all times you know for various reasons picking i don't think they allow driving. parents back on, on campus anymore ian i think i think schools have become these big prisons where you know if, it depends if you on where you live i think i mean usually you can true? go on the campus you just have to go and check in first if you're just wandering around they'll get pretty uh pretty nervous about that as i understand it well, um, you know, I, I, I think that uh, folks being able to protect themselves is probably the best solution. I also think that these large institutions that we have called public schools probably kind of create this sort of uh, animosity. We didn't have I, – I can't imagine – the bullying was, was on a much smaller scale at the private school I went to with 500 students. Um, and I think that this is kind of – you know, this is uh, – you know, this is a symptom of having 1,500, 2,000 kids the same age all in, in one area. So uh, Gary Johnson is with us here. Gary, what's your website? GaryJohnson2012.com. GaryJohnson2012.com. Now, the last time we had you here, uh, you know, it was a pretty friendly interview, and you're a really friendly guy. In fact, I commented the last time that uh, you're one of the few politicians I think I would, uh, you know, actually spend time speaking with because you seem to be uh, pretty compassionate on a number of issues, and uh, certainly the the war on drugs was my introduction to you probably about a decade ago, uh, and you've been good on that uh, ever since. And I think you, you know, you definitely take a liberty-oriented position on a number of things but there was some news that came out uh back in april over at lewrockwell.com which is probably the biggest liberty oriented website out there and somebody uh, posted a blog jacob hubert uh, who has actually also been on this program with us uh and he he cites a i guess an episode of freedom watch where you're on with uh, judge napolitano talking about guantanamo bay and his claim is that you told judge napolitano that you would keep guantanamo open what does that mean? What were you saying? Did you say what you were quoted as saying here, etc.? Well, I think that um, I uh, said what I said. I think that was it was a miscommunication. And if I, you're allowing me to clarify, thank you. Yeah. So what we should close Guantanamo for the reasons of endless detainment without being charged. Uh, we should close Guantanamo to torture. That said, uh, the notion of uh, having a military tribunal try an individual that is not a U.S. citizen is probably a good idea. It's, it probably works. It's, it's, these are non-U.S. citizens. We subject our own citizens uh, to military tribunals. So there's the notion that that's fair. And then in that context, if those individuals are convicted— where do we house those individuals? And it might be very cost-effective to actually leave Guantanamo Bay open for that uh, aspect of this. And for that matter, it may be very cost-effective to have a Guantanamo facility uh, to as the place to make all this happen. And again, uh, Guantanamo Bay or the practice of us holding anyone— 
citizen, non-citizen, without charging that individual is wrong. The notion that we would torture at Guantanamo or any facility needs to be stopped. I think this is why we we have fought wars, and it's completely unacceptable for us to condone torture of any kind. So that said, back to cost cost analysis of having a Guantanamo facility. Uh, may make a lot of sense. So it upsets you. The one I'm hearing from you is that it, it upsets you to some, ex- uh, maybe a large extent, that, uh, that this is going on. That people are being held. They're not. They're not being. Tried. They're not being charged. This yes. Is, you know, this yes. is an outrage. Yes. Right. Um, but so I agree with you on that point, and I agree with you that far. But the point at which I think I disagree is the idea that a military tribunal is in any way appropriate for anybody. I mean, a military tribunal is essentially an end run around any form of uh, you know, j- jurisprudence or, you know, I guess, let's, Wait, let's do the word. you think that regular trials are, are, are uh, no, just I think in this that, country? No, no, I think that regular, <laughs> the, whole, the regular justice system is a, is a sham and a joke and hugely problematic. But at least they have to have the illusion of being open to the public. And with a military tribunal, you don't have any of the same uh, process, I guess. Uh, you Bradley know, Manning's getting processed. Well, uh, you, you do... You, 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 ex- you accept the fact that we do try our own military, our own U.S. citizens that are military to military tribunals. That is, uh, is only – first of all, the, I don't accept the military, period. Uh, I don't accept you know, aggression. Well, you know, f- f- fair enough. But, right off but the gate. The, but to, to answer your question on that point, uh, when it comes to the military tribunals, the pe- you could at least say that the people in the military consented to joining the military and in consenting to join the military, they understood that they would be taken in front and, of a military tribunal. And these tribunal. are U.S. citizens. So we're not ta- we're talking about non-U.S. citizens that are being, I would like to think, being charged as enemy combatants. I just think there's a case to be made that the, a military tribunal in this kind of a situation is uh, is fair. Now, the Obama administration tried to uh, try these folks in Guantanamo in civilian courts, and I, I believe, I, I'm not 100% sure what happened, but I believe they ran up on a situation of illegality, that there is no uh, jurisdiction for the civilian courts to try these guys. So I, essentially I, they ran up, they, they, just, they had to decide, are we going to release them or are we going to try them uh, you know, in military tribunals? I I think those are the only choices. It's only fair uh, if you look at it from a from a skewed perspective, because it's not fair if what you believe is that people have rights and that people have rights because they're human beings and not because they were born on a certain plot of land. I mean, would you agree with that statement? Uh, well, this is this these this these are non-U.S. citizens. Um, I, I just this this is an argument that I, I, I sh- shouldn't drop names, but uh, Manny Klausner uh, took me aside uh, in in uh, uh, Los what, Angeles. Hold that Manny thought. Is we'll a, come back to Manny here in a moment. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. If you have a question for Gary Johnson, just because it's fair doesn't mean it's right. Uh, depending, we're coming up. Free talk line. Huh? You already know that you can support Free Talk Live and the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund by starting your Amazon or Newegg shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. But did you know that you can also spend bitcoins at Amazon or Newegg? That's right. Start your Amazon or Newegg shopping at spendbitcoins.com, and you can buy just about anything with bitcoins. So if you're using fiat currency, start all your shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. But when you want to spend bitcoins, start all your bitcoin shopping at spendbitcoins.com. That's spendbitcoins.com.
This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. Join us on our website. We've got a mobile site, so if you've got a smartphone, you can get quick access to our live streams and podcasts. Go to m.freetalklive.com. That's m.freetalklive.com. You know the U.S. dollar is devaluing. You can see it happening every day. You know that at some point, a new currency will take over. Wouldn't you like to be on the ground floor of that currency? Bitcoins. They're a decentralized, anonymous internet currency. They're free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use them anywhere in the world. Their value has been trending upward with time. You can find out more by going to weusecoins.org. Don't be kicking yourself in the pants in a month. Your dollars are going down. Bitcoins are trending upward. We use coins.org. All right. So once again, the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. Gary Johnson is with uh, with us here, and uh, you might have heard his, his name before. He's presidential candidate uh, for the Republican Party, and he and Ron Paul are a little bit different. Uh, in fact, maybe a lot different from the rest of the, uh, the candidates up there. And uh, Gary, you're actually physically in studio with us, uh, so uh, good evening and thanks for, for coming in here tonight to face what are some relatively difficult uh, questions about some of the things that you've said, giving you the, op- uh, the opportunity to, to clarify what may have been uh, taken out of context perhaps uh, in the past. We've been talking about Guantanamo Bay. Now, you mentioned a Manny Klausner when we went to break and uh, we had to interrupt you there. So Well, he just, he just took me aside at a Los Angeles event and he said, look, I just uh, – I would like you to understand that uh, having military tribunals deal with non-U.S. citizens charged as enemy combatants is actually a really fair way and logical way to deal with this issue, which is which is a real live issue, uh, and that uh, Guantanamo serves um, in that capacity to deliver um, to deliver that. Uh, and and it was an argument that I, I wouldn't be. I've repeated it since because I just thought it made a lot of sense. Now you're um, you're against the Iraq War, is that correct? Uh, I was against Iraq before we went into Iraq, um, and I was against it from the notion that there wasn't a military threat. Uh, I know that there was a lot of talk of weapons of mass destruction, but I thought that. Uh, we have the military surveillance capability to see that happening and that we could have gone in and dealt with that if it were to have happened. I thought if we went into Iraq, uh, we would find ourselves in a civil war uh, to which there would be no end. Hmm. Afghanistan, initially, I thought was completely warranted. Uh, We were attacked. We attacked back. And after being in Afghanistan for six months, uh, I think we effectively wiped out al-Qaeda. That was 10 years ago. Uh, Libya, uh, I'm opposed to what happened in Libya A through Z. Uh, Where was the congressional authorization? Where in the Constitution does it say that because we don't like a foreign dictator that we should go in and topple that foreign dictator? Um, Haven't we injected ourselves in a civil war in Libya? And don't five other countries right now qualify for the same military intervention as Libya? There just doesn't seem to be an end to our military Involvement as president of the United States, I'm advocating a 43 percent reduction in uh, in military expenditures, uh, believing that we can provide ourselves with a strong national defense and still provide cut the military by 43 percent and still provide ourselves with a strong military defense. The key words here being defense as opposed to offense and uh, nation building. So now Guantanamo get get out of get out of, get out of Iraq and Afghanistan and Libya tomorrow. 
and that Pakistan. Is my, that is what I am advocating. Somalia. How about Korea, Germany? Uh, <laughs> back, the to the, back to the back to the forty three percent. I just see. Uh, I see for. I seem to. Uh, I, I have the sense that there's forty three percent out there that could be reduced. So um, Guantanamo is kind of a really bad band aid slapped on a big gaping wound. Um, you know, there there's you know, folks from uh, Iraq there, folks from Afghanistan that were picked up just sort of as bounties from bounty hunters. So it's kind of a bad policy thing in, in the beginning uh, from the very start. So I kind of feel like Guantanamo wouldn't have been an issue if things had been managed better and they had gotten into Afghanistan, taken care of Al-Qaeda and gotten out. Not that I'm advocating war. I'm not a big fan by any stretch. I'm just saying that I think that it wouldn't have been a policy issue from the beginning if right. it was done. Right. I, I, I don't want to make the statement that Guantanamo should be closed when, in fact, uh, back to back to detainment without being charged, back to uh, torture, which should not be U.S. policies in any way, shape, or form. Uh, but that outside of those things happening, um, do we shut Guantanamo at the cost of tens of millions of dollars just to reopen some new Guantanamo right. somewhere else to serve a function that has to exist in the situation, the reality that we've put ourselves into. Let's go to the phones and to your thoughts. We've got Mike on the line in Mississippi. Mike, you're on Free Talk Live with Gary Johnson. Hey, guys. How y'all doing tonight? Mike, Good, thank you. Go ahead with your thoughts, sir. Right. Uh, the the uh, hypocrisy of Sean Hannity that poses himself as a patriot, throwing the football, and, you know, Back when Ron Paul was trying to get something going on his grassroots, Sean Hannity stomped all over Ron Paul. Okay. I was going to ask Mr. Johnson uh, what type of Fox News abuse has he suffered in the past? Thanks for the call, Mike. Appreciate hearing from you. So, Mike, uh, I uh, um, I debated Sean Hannity off camera uh, about 10 years ago on drug policy and um, I thought that he really took some cheap shots. This was in uh, 2002. Uh, so I, I've been on air with Sean Hannity about four times now. And um, you know what? Um, he, I thought he's been terrific. I am, I've become a Sean Hannity fan. And by terrific, he really gave me an opportunity to state my case. He argued uh, that he, he argued his opposition when it came to drugs, but he did it in a way that I thought was very constructive. I, I have no complaints whatsoever. Uh, so Fox News, without exception, has treated me really well in this whole process. I have no complaints whatsoever with Fox News. I have a problem with CNN that excluded me from the debate in New Hampshire I'll which uh, I never uh, envisioned being excluded from from any of these debates, having served, I'm arguing, as a very successful governor of New Mexico. I don't know if you guys saw this. Yeah, two terms. I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, five weeks ago they came out with a poll on all the presidential candidates and their favorabilities in their own states, and there's only one candidate running for president that has a favorability positive favorability in his or her own state that, that's yours well i did tee it up that way so. <laughs> yeah that, that was me so wow not I, even ron paul uh, you know what ron paul was the only candidate excluded uh, from the poll from the poll from that <laughs> poll 
and then about uh, about well, 10- this is what it's like. I mean, Ron Paul went through this in 2008, and he's kind of been through the gauntlet at this point, and he's not getting treated the same way. You're the new kid on the block as far as you know, liberty-oriented candidates are concerned, and they're gonna they're gonna give you the short shrift. I think I think Ron Paul took the took all the uh, heat when it came to Fox News, and I think Fox News. This is my opinion. They made a mistake, and when it comes to me, um, they're not making the same mistake. So Ron Paul has paved the way for me to be on Fox News and well, plus have had a good experience on plus Fox News. something changed as well. I mean, if you look at Fox News, they uh, pander to a certain viewpoint. And, of course, during the Bush administration, Fox News was all about whatever the government did. Uh, for, you know, I'm, I'm generalizing here. But then all of a sudden, Bush goes away, and then Fox News, you know, they promote Freedom Watch, and then John Stossel gets hired, and now all of a sudden, it's more liberty-oriented reporting coming from fox news it just seems like uh, pandering but if it's i mean it's, it's working out for you because it's getting you publicity so i mean there's well, nothing... well, it's, and, and of course it's and ron paul said this too it's not it's not about me it is about these issues and uh and it is the issues it's the issues period and if you... there's one more big issue here that uh, lou rockwell.com had brought up and it's on the federal reserve so let's dig into that one yeah, coming up yeah, here in a moment. Yeah. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And I'd really like to see a debate between Ron Paul and Gary Johnson. I think that would be interesting to really hash <laughs> out the uh, minutia. More coming up here. You can take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live because we love minutia on Free Talk Live. Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want, though if you've got a question for Gary Johnson, you'll get priority at the moment at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. By the way, uh, you know we have tried to get Ron Paul on this show this year, and thus far his campaign has not been too responsive to requests. I've tried so several avenues. People have been asking, you know, hey, well, you know, why, why don't you have Ron Paul on? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've it's tried, several, we tried. A, several avenues. Uh, you know, he's been on uh, several other radio shows, uh, including the Alex Jones show and um, you know stuff like that. I, I can't get him on here. So it just, I just want to give our listeners a heads up. It's not like we haven't attempted to get Ron Paul on Maybe here. they'll get a hold of me Monday morning and you know, that'll happen. be everything. I don't yeah, know. That'd be great. Um, so we've got Gary Johnson. He's here with us in, in person. And I appreciate your time, Gary. I know you're, you know, no, you're busy. Yeah, thank you, guys. How has your reception been, by the way? I mean, going around New Hampshire, talking to folks? Hey, I, I'm putting my chips on the table here in New Hampshire to do well in New Hampshire because uh, this is the state that launches ships. And by ships, politicians... Uh, New Hampshire vets, politician, politicians for the rest of the country, and uh, um, I hope to come out of here with uh, with a showing uh, as a top tier candidate, so that um, the rest of the so that a ticket to hear Gary Johnson in South Carolina is something that's sought after, and um, people actually listen to what it is that I'm saying outside of New Hampshire, and then you can ignore our media requests. Just <laughs> right, that'd be then great. I can ignore. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I, I, no, I appreciate your guys' advocacy. I, I really do. Well, I, I, I really want to thank you for your advocacy. You've changed, you've changed hearts and minds, and that's what this is all about. Good. That's a, that is what it's all about. Let's get into the Federal Reserve, then, Mark. Okay. Well, I, I just uh, really, really quick wanted to say something like, well, you know, you'd think that so many. I mean, as far as Republicans go, they always talk about small government. You were the, uh, you know, most vetoing governor in like the history of the united states or something well i vetoed 750 bills while i was governor of new mexico For eight, I, over I, I vetoed thousands of line items and only two were overturned Putting that into context, Mark, and I'm waiting. This may be an embellishment, but I'm waiting for to be corrected on this. I may have vetoed more bills than the other 49 governors in the country combined. At the time. At the time, yeah. yeah. Uh, so really made a difference. And what I think is really significant, I, I talked about that poll earlier about being viewed favorably in my, the only candidate that's viewed favorably in their own state. New Mexico is a state that's two to one Democrat. This was all about freedom. This was all about liberty. This was all about vetoing government spending money in ways that weren't going to affect any of our lives. Um, I think it's significant that I got reelected by doing that over four years and then ended up getting to do it for eight years. Let's and that I'm viewed favorably to this point. So the Federal Reserve is the other big issue that kind of made a splash a few months ago with LouRockwell.com heralding, you know, Gary Johnson, you know, bad on Federal Reserve, something I'm paraphrasing here. But what is it that uh, you believe about the Federal Reserve? Well, first of all, I believe that the government needs to stop printing money. Uh, and uh, good start. balance the budget, okay? So if we did away with the Federal Reserve, which I, I think it would be great to abolish the Federal Reserve, um, I think that it would give uh, the um, monetary system transparency. Mm. That's what it would do. But if we abolish the Federal Reserve tomorrow, uh, the Treasury could still print money. It's, it, it's, it's our... We have to stop printing money. So I would vote against uh, raising the debt ceiling. I think that we should force this issue of uh, living within our means. And, of course, that puts a finite that, – that puts a cap on money supply. And it, 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 it doesn't erode uh, the dollar any more than it's already eroded. So you're, no bit, you're not a fan of uh, the fiat currency. You th- would you agree that there should be an open market in currency, that currency yeah, should no, be Yeah, no, I, I think that that would, in fact, be, um, you know, looking at the uh, report that uh, Reagan offered up uh, or, or uh, commissioned, uh, commissioned a group to study how would we implement uh, um, uh, commodity-based currency. And, and how that could be a competing currency to start with. And, you know, it, it's doable. It's all doable. It's been, it's been worked out. And those were, would have been the leading economists of, of that time, uh, including, uh, I believe, Greenspan and Milton Friedman. Uh, on how to do that, but uh, that was that was back when they were terrorists before they worked for the the system. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we 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 could do that, and I, I see that as desirable also, and would support that. So, abolish legal tender laws. Would you support that? Uh, by abolish legal tender laws, you're well, meaning right now. The reason why the Federal Reserve has such a stronghold is because it's backed by the government's legal tender laws, which actually force everybody to accept their currency. Yeah, if you're no, doing no, business. I'm open. I'm open to that notion. So, like if I wanted to open well, up a business and only take gold and silver, you you would support that. And that's back to the. I mean, that ends up being the minutia of how do you implement a competing currency? How do you actually shift a cons- uh, currency over to a competing currency or a commodity based? Con- 
currency. Because so right that, now, if, that's, if you take that's the, the, well, that's the thing the, is, if you just take away the violence, then the market will handle it, right? Because we know somebody named Bernard von Nothaus. He's the guy that created the Liberty Dollar. I don't know if you've ever seen one of these. Yeah, things. yeah, I have. I, uh, I got a couple of them. They actually raided his offices back in November of '07, uh, charged him with counterfeiting, which is ludicrous. I mean, the, if you look at your Liberty Dollar, it's got an 800 number on it. It's got a website. I mean, a lot of them have these. It's clearly not attempting to be U.S. currency. No, I, I agree. But he was I actually agree. found guilty by a jury, and now he's facing 25 years in federal prison as a result of this. So you take away the aggression, you let somebody like Bernard von Nothaus do his thing, the market will solve that problem. Yes, yes, I agree with that. And I and I support that concept. Let's talk to Jim in Nebraska, going to your phone calls for Gary Johnson here. Uh, by the way, GaryJohnson2012.com is his website. Uh, Jim in Nebraska, you're on Free Talk Live with Gary. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Uh, Mr. Johnson, I was going to ask you what your opinion was on the raising the debt limit, but you just actually responded to that. So I guess I would ask, uh, since you've taken that question away from me, <laughs> is what what major departments in the government, like the IRS, the, what, what um, without getting into little things, but what major things would you think that you would either eliminate or cut drastically in order? Well, because obviously you'd have to do that if you're not going to raise the debt limit. Thanks, Jim, for the call. Appreciate it. Yeah, so so the, uh, the the departments that I'm advocating eliminating are the Department of Education, Housing and Urban Development. I, I'm don't get me wrong. I, I'm I'm open to the discussion on others like energy because I know too many smart people that say we don't need a Department of Energy. I would also be advocating elimination of uh, the IRS, and that would be. Um, implementing the fair tax uh, to replace uh, income tax, to replace business-to-business tax, the corporate tax, replace, uh, make, make a one, uh, one federal tax, the consumption tax, the fair tax. By all my free market economist uh, uh, advisors in this, I'm not doing this in a vacuum. Um, they are saying that it is just what it says it is, that it's a fair tax, that it would really... Uh, well, no stealing is fair. <laughs> really promote uh, economic growth. And, it, and uh, Ian, it's revenue neutral. So it's, it's not a tax increase. It's not a tax decrease. It's revenue neutral. It would still involve uh, cutting the cost of government uh, by 43% from what we're currently... Uh, Currently spending. I, I right. saw video. So currently, the um, the government is bringing in forty three percent less or whatever than uh, it than, well, than it's spending. Well, what you what you guys? Hey, hey, the culprit here is printing money. Uh, borrowing money is one thing. That's uh, that's uh, me loaning the government money. That's a foreign country loaning the U.S. money. Uh, but uh, as was seen uh, on the Federal Reserve balance sheets here. Uh, over the last, uh, I mean, the Fed balance sheet is now three trillion dollars, which is uh, two trillion dollars over where it's really ever been. And uh, at one point, we're buying up to seventy. We're printing money to cover seventy percent of U.S. Treasuries. Um, uh-huh. That's um, that's the devaluation of the dollar. That is, in my opinion, the impending um, collapse of uh, of uh, the U.S. dollar. So your um, intention, if you uh, get elected, is to implement the fair tax and then have no other taxes, like no corporate taxes, no uh, capital gains that, taxes. So, so fairtax.org. It's all on for, fairtax.org. This has been uh, this has been a very oh, we picked it apart. <laughs> okay, all right. We had one of their guys on for like an hour and a half and all right. uh, really tore tore into it because there's the whole. Uh, 
rebate thing where they send a welfare check yes. to every household uh-huh. in, in America. Well, How's by welfare check, it covers all of us up to the point of uh, of the poverty level. Which that's is, what they would say, but I would say it gets people hooked on a, a government check coming every single month. Well, but you're but you're going to use that. You are going to use that to pay this uh, this consumption tax up to the level. of I won't poverty. use it because I don't pay Social Security, so I, I won't get one of those checks. It'll be. I think it's it's going to be administered by the Social Security people, so I'll be uh, out of that particular game. Yeah, but I on that, uh, on the other hand, uh, we're short on time, Gary. So I'm glad that uh, that you've come out here tonight, yeah, yeah, Gary yeah, Johnson, yeah. 2012.com. I saw a video footage. You came out to Porkfest this year. How was it? Uh, it was great. I like I say, I, I put my chips on the table here in New Hampshire. I think it's a terrific political environment here in this state, and that political environment is is that everybody really goes out of their way to to listen to what candidates have to say, cuss and discuss. It's a great political environment. It's terrific. Glad to have you here, uh, Gary. I think that you handle those questions fairly well, and I appreciate your time. Hey, thank you guys. Thank you both, Gary Johnson, twenty twelve dot com. Still t- uh, plenty of time for you and your thoughts coming up here. In hour number two, 800-259-9231, you can take control of the airwaves. Also, huge prostitution bust, apparently, uh, in New York City. More on the way. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Toll House Refrigerated Cookie Dough. Who would you bake some love for? Find fun and easy baking ideas at tollhouse.com. Kids love doing arts and crafts projects, especially when you join in. Try channeling all that artistic energy into the kitchen and bake up some creative treats together. Think of your art supplies as the frosting, sprinkles, and decorating gels, and use cookies or cupcakes as your canvas. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. Free Talk Live, launching into the second hour of the program. Dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want at 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. 800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. Uh, Of course, you can join us on the phones. You can join us online. By the way, the features on the site are free, so if you want, you can just go and enjoy the whole site and pay nothing. But if you want to help support Free Talk Live, there are various different ways you can do that, and one of them is by uh, going to promote the show, promote.freetalklive.com. There's different tools that you can use there, from flyers you can print out to uh, web banners you can put up on your website, promote.freetalklive.com. As we go to your phone calls and your thoughts, let's talk first to Ty in Tennessee. Ty, you're on Free Talk Live with Ina Mark. Hey, good evening, guys. Hey, I wanted, just wanted to talk a little bit more about the ebook readers. Sure. Uh, there was a correction to my call the other night when I was talking about the Kindle. Yes, that, sir. Uh, saying that it doesn't, it, it reads only proprietary formats. Actually, I said that I thought that it only read one type, the Amazon. And I wanted to thank you guys for the correction. I guess you got an email that corrected me on yes, sir. the fact that yep. it reads multiple proprietary formats. But you can't uh, – can you crack into the Kindle like you can the Nook? I don't know. I, I've heard the, the, the Nook hacking that you're talking about, I believe, deals more with the color to make it into a, a, uh, a tablet. I've, I've just got the regular Nook, you know, that's black and white. But uh, I, see. I just I wanted d- to say that the main, the main thrust of, of what I was talking about the other day is that it's, I don't think it supports any open standards besides maybe text. 
You know, mm. the, the EPUB is an open standard ebook format. And it's not that I'm so much pro Nook, it's that I am pro uh, open standards. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't recall seeing EPUB on the list of formats, but I don't have them in front of me at this point yeah, in time. Anybody wanting to research these should do their due diligence and not trust what they hear on a talk show. You can get around that using software that does conversions to yeah. EPUB or from EPUB to a, to a format that it reads, but uh, it doesn't support it natively. And that, that's it. that was the selling point to me of not to not what sold me the Nook. But what uh, made me reject the Kindle was the fact that it did not support EPUB. All right, Just wanted man. to clarify that. Thanks for that. I appreciate your call tonight at 800-259-9231. The ebook reader war continues. Well, you know, I mean, I, I would trust what some talk show hosts say, uh, like, you know, maybe Kim Commando or Leo Laporte, if they come out and they say, well, this and this and that and that, because these people research this for a living. Free Talk Live is an open lines format where anyone can call in about anything. And so if somebody says something on the radio, we haven't checked it. We don't have a, you know, a crack team of researchers that uh, immediately shut down a caller that, um, you know, has says something that may or may not be, you know, maybe interpreted as inaccurate. Still, though, buyer beware, Mark. I mean, if you are listening to some purported expert on the radio and you believe that uh, that expert knows what he's talking about and it turns out that experts just, you know, been bought off by some some company, uh, you may not know those things. That's They're, true. Th- that all may not be revealed to you, and so you still need to do your due diligence if you want to make sure you get the best deal or you get exactly what it is that you're expecting. So, again, uh, ebook readers, they seem pretty neat, and they've got different features, and I like the idea of cracking into it and turning it into a full-fledged Android tablet. I think that's a pretty that cool idea. That is awesome. With I, I've got to say, I'm very excited about that idea, yeah. but, you know, it, it also... Uh, I, I love the idea of getting something more than what I've paid for, but I don't. Yeah. I, I, you know, I wouldn't be able to do it, and I, I don't. You're scared. I, well, I, that's scared. exactly it. I, I, I'm befuddled <laughs> more than anything. Technophobe. Well, they, you know, and when you see people on TV with the tablets, they're kind of like steering cars in a game and stuff like that. Would this do that? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I see where you're coming from. Yeah, with the accelerometer, I think it's called. I don't know what that is. Gyroscope or yeah, something. Yeah, the gyroscope like inside of it. All right, let's continue here with you and your thoughts. Zach is listening via the studio cam at cam.freetalklive.com. Zach, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, is, uh, is Gary Johnson still in? He or, is I'm not sure. on his way to his next appointment, um, but uh, I'm sure we'll talk to him again because he's, you know, he's okay. I mean, he's he's got some positions that I vehemently disagree with, but then again, he's a politician. So, you know, what are you going to do? Right, okay. it's, it's, it's hard to be well, running for the... Him, uh, go ahead. I called in last week about the uh, the Fourteenth Amendment and about the right to taxation, and I was going to ask him about the fair tax and about uh, how that would apply on a business to business level, and uh, maybe business to business bartering. How that would. Maybe Are you wondering here. if there would be a VAT, a value added tax, as as well as a fair tax? Yeah, or it'd be more of like a consumer tax, or would would it apply to businesses as well? Good question. That is uh, that, that would be a good question, and I don't know if he would really yeah. know exactly. He he's not an advocate of the. I, I don't think he's like on the staff of the fair tax. I think he's just okay. out there and he's kind of j- jumped on. I board can with see it. some of the value that people see in the fair tax, but I I largely look at it as a lateral move. I mean, does it seem like a quote unquote more fair way to implement a an unfair practice, which is taxation? I suppose it does, but if you actually did everything that he was talking about and get rid of all the other taxes and right. replace it with that one. Right. Which, I mean, you know, I'd, I'd, have luck. To, I'd have to see that happen before I, you know, be on board. I but even if you did, 
implement a more fair way of implementing uh, you know, an unfair practice, which is taxation, I still consider it a lateral move. And so I'm not really for, I'm not excited about lateral moves. I'm excited about, let's, I mean, you know, I'm excited about it when he says, I'm going to cut the federal budget by 43%. He said the military's budget. I think. Uh, well, he said the military, but he, what he means is everybody. Everybody takes a 43% cut. He hands it to the head of that department and they, uh, they do their cutting. I'm for that. I mean, that makes some sense to me. Zach, thanks uh, like for the call. Alarm thoughts, going on. Uh, Quick, get, yeah, that, get to that alarm. The car's on fire, Jack. Uh, let's talk to Zach. Robert, listening in New Jersey. Robert, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, how are you guys? Super. What's on your mind tonight, Robert? Um, I'm just calling because um, I, I hope you don't mind. I'm, I'd like to promote an event that I have upcoming up. Uh, it's a civil disobedience event in uh, response to the uh, recent shutdowns of the kids' lemonade stands. Ah, excellent. Is this the nationwide event where people are doing it in a lot of different places? Yes, it is, actually. It's called uh, Lemonade Freedom Day. Yes. Um, and and, and I, I created a website for it. The website is uh, LemonadeFreedom.com. And also there's a Facebook page. The link uh, to the Facebook event page is also on the website, mm-hmm. so you can catch it there. Um, but, yeah, we just wanted, we want to get something going nationwide where we're trying to get everybody who has children, um, even if they don't have children, just open up a lemonade stand and, uh, you know, practice some civil disobedience and, you know, ignore those bad laws. That is excellent, and I'm so excited about this because I've been talking with uh, Michelle Seven, who should be joining us here at some point uh, this evening. She was talking about starting up something like this, so it looks like you beat her to the punch. Good job. Yeah, I actually uh, spoke with her about it as well. She did mention that she was discussing it as well, um, and uh, we were kind of – she was trying to uh, persuade me to change the date to Labor Day, and I had some issues with Labor Day, and she had you know, her reasons why she wanted Labor Day, which was, you know, and in my opinion, valid points. Um, so uh, we, we kind of both agreed that we, it would be better for us to just both do it whenever you know, she can have the, hers on Labor Day, and I'll do mine now, and you know, the more the merrier. Yeah, absolutely. It, sh- it shouldn't just be one day that lemonade is, uh, selling lemonade is not a crime. Uh, absolutely. So I, I think it's great. You have kids, I take it? Yes, I do. Um, we have a, uh, a, a my, my daughter who is Luciana. You could actually see her video where she's talking about lemonade is not a, selling lemonade is not a crime. <laughs> you could actually see her on the video. She's just turned five in this month, actually in July. And my son is two and a half years old. And and we try to get them to participate in as much of this as we can, as far as you know, civil disobedience and and, and things like that. Aren't you afraid, Robert? A lot of parents might say that they don't want to get involved in civil disobedience or non cooperation because they're worried that if they do, they'll get convicted of a crime or something like that, and then their kids will get taken from them. Aren't you afraid that the state's going to go after your kids? Um, yeah, I've actually heard that argument before, and, 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 I, and I, I mean, we, we kind of try to, we, we feel that we know our limits. You know, I mean, I mean, my kids are the world to me, and, and, and that would be the last thing that I would want to be separated from them, obviously. I mean, that's, that to me is the most important thing. Um, so we kind of know our limits. You know, we, we're, we're obviously not going out there and doing, you know, uh, cop blocking like, uh, like Pete Ayer and, uh, and uh, well, a does demo. That mean, you know, I'm going to hold you on, if you don't mind, stick sure. with us, because I have some more questions for you. I think this is a great idea. It's LemonadeFreedom.com, August 20th will be Lemonade Freedom Day, where uh, Robert and others are encouraging you to go out and sell some lemonade, whether you've got kids or not. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up what you want. More with Robert Moments. It's Free Talk Live. 
Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything you want. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Mark. Once again, 800-259-9231. Join us on our website. We've got archives, so if you've missed a moment of the show, not a problem. They're right there on the front page of the site, the last week's worth. And then if you click into the archive section, that'll take you way back to late 2006, all for free at freetalklive.com. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, barter currency. But we've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some really great rates on some gold and silver coins. Just go to gold.freetalklive.com. See all the ones that we've put together there for you. They're uh, common coins that are intended to get gold and silver into your hands uh, for whatever purpose it is that you want to have them. You can invest in anything, but you own gold and silver. Uh, go to gold.freetalklive.com. Stock up. You'll Not only will you be getting great rates, but uh, you'll be helping Free Talk Live, too. It's gold.freetalklive.com. We go back to Robert in New Jersey. Robert, you're calling about Lemonade Freedom Day. It is something that uh, that you've proposed over at LemonadeFreedom.com to be on August 20th uh, to, as you say here, set up your own lemonade stand. We need to send a message to everyone who's listening. They cannot shut down the kids' lemonade stands. If you don't have kids or don't want to set up your own lemonade stand, please support a local kids' lemonade stand. Selling lemonade is not a crime. And, of course, I agree with you. Uh, are you still with us, Robert? Yes, I am. Now, you're talking about standing up. And, and so I asked you the, the question, which is a question I think a lot of parents are going to look at and consider very, you know, very hard, is, well, am I willing to stand up? Because if I stand up, there's a chance they'll cut my head off. And what I mean by that is there's a chance they'll take your kid from you. Uh, if That's what at least people are worried about. I don't know how realistic of a chance that is. And I, I think it would be interesting to see the news story about, obviously, I don't want, uh, no one would want to be part of this news story, but right, it would I'm be not an interesting it would be an interesting news story for them to say, we're going to take our this kid from this couple because they let their kid have a lemonade stand. I mean, if that wouldn't show people that this is insane, what's going on, I don't know what would. But all that said, people are afraid of the government, and they are afraid of the idea of DCYF or CPS or whatever they're called in your state, taking their kids yep. uh, from them. And so you said that, well, you know, you have to know your limits and that you're not somebody who uh, goes and does cop blocking like they do over at copblock.org. But on the other hand, if you're actually out in public and your kids are selling lemonade, there's a good chance that some cops are going to come mess with you. If you're going to stand up, does that mean you're going to go ahead and obediently uh, shut down the stand? No, I mean, I think, again, again, I think you have to know your limits, and uh, I wouldn't immediately shut down the stand. Um, I would be recording everything that they do, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and, and I will know my limits. I mean, if, 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 they, if push comes to shove, I'm not going to jeopardize my kids being taken away from me by the state. Sure, sure. Um, so um, meaning I, that I, if I, they I, tell you, turn off the camera, you're going to go ahead and turn it off? 
I mean, I'll, I'll ask them some questions first, but I, I mean, I, I will, I will push it to a certain level because uh, I do know that you know, I do know that 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 you know, I, I have my moral beliefs, and my moral beliefs are completely different from what the law is. So that you know, that is somewhat of a conflict there. But um, I, I will ask the the, the the questions, and 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 I've I've learned so much just from watching guys like. Uh, like uh, Pete and a demo, um, and, and and I have so much respect for everything they do, you know. But like I said, I, I, there's there's certain things that I know I'm not going to push it as far as they may go sure. to go ahead and get you know arrested and, and everything that they just went through in that trial and all, um, you know. And 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 I and on a, on a side note as well, I have some other guys that are working with me that that also have been you know through the ropes uh, quite a few times, uh, such as uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with James Babb. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's also. Uh, as a matter of fact, him and I were discussing possibly going uh, down to Philly and setting up shop in Philly, and that's where you know over in uh, Independence Hall or something like that. Maybe we might mm-hmm. set up a, a a table and sell lemonade there. Um, you know, but but my wife is going to be there with us as well. So you know, if it, if it looks like it's going to be you know get get a little more hectic than we expect, then 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 my wife will be there to to you know take the kids and okay. and, and not be involved. In that all sounds of that. like a good so, plan. All I'm suggesting is that people know what to expect and think, in, think out in advance what it is that you're going to do. I mean, if you're going to engage in this, you are essentially doing civil disobedience. I mean, it seems ludicrous that selling lemonade is civil disobedience, but they're going to say, <laughs> sadly, oh, you don't have a permit. Uh, so you've yep. got to know what to expect. And you've got to know that if you're going to deal with the police, that there's a chance they're going to arrest somebody. And that if you're going to pull a camera out, that there's a chance you're going to get arrested for that. It scares the heck out of cops. Absolutely. Well, and it scares... Well, it scares people, too, to do these things. And so it's one thing to sit and watch Pete or Demo or myself uh, go up against these police with video cameras. And, you know, we've done this a lot. It, it, it's something that you can acclimate yourself to over time. But once you, it's like it's like watching a bunch of court trials and then being actually in front of the judge, right? It's the same thing. It's easy to sit there and say, oh, well, that makes sense, and I like that approach. But then once you're under the pressure, once you're in that environment, it can be really difficult to think on your feet. Uh, you know, you can get caught up in what you thought you were going to do versus what seems appropriate in the moment. I mean, there are all kinds of issues that, that arise. And so I, I guess it's just important to really consider the worst case possibility, and that is that you run up against some sort of rogue cop who uh, decides to you know, take you into a jail cell and trash the kids' lemonade stand. Obviously, we haven't heard about that happening yet, but it just seems like it's a matter look of bad time. for them. Right. If you put a bunch of uh, lemonade stands out across the country, odds are good there's not going to be a crowd of supporters at each one of these stands, and so these people are bullies, and they uh, play a numbers game, and they will intimidate. The best thing to have is a smartphone with quick on it no doubt about it and to announce what that is, you know to announce to them you're being broadcast live or sure. you may be being broadcast live whether they are or not that would be up to them to decide so i'm glad that you're out there doing this and i hope that uh, that you can have some success at uh, getting more than a handful of folks on board how has the initial response been um so far it's been good actually we uh posted up the website on tuesday and uh, that's when I kind of went public with everything this Tuesday. And so far, there's, uh, as of right now, on Facebook, there's 321 attending and 3,003 awaiting reply. So uh, I w- I'm hoping to get a little bit of, of, of possible uh, news coverage. Um, I've, I've submitted the story to some of the local um, news outlets just to see if maybe they may mention it. Mm-hmm. And then if there is a mention, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to hit up those 3,000 that are awaiting reply again and say, look, get on board guys i'm excited mark any questions sounds good to me i think if uh, people you know see a lemonade stand support it 
I hope that uh, we'll see somebody do it here in the Keene area. That should be uh, very interesting, especially if it's some kids. Because getting kids involved in this is really the critical uh, aspect. If you've got adults running a lemonade stand, you can pretty much guarantee uh, that they're going to come and shut you down. They're going to yep. target you. And so having kids echoing the ideas of, uh, of liberty is a really interesting uh, perspective. And I don't think the, the bureaucrats would know how to handle that. If your kids yeah, not were. only... Not only is it, is, it, is, it, is it interesting, but also I think it's I think it's a great lesson for them to learn that that you know not to just you know sit back and comply with every every silly law that they come up with. I Absolutely. think it's important to teach them. We, we homeschool our kids, so you know we kind of raise them with that that open mindedness that you know don't just sit there and fold to authority because you know they have no authority over you. Awesome, Robert. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. Once again, his website, LemonadeFreedom.com, encouraging parents and kids to go out on August 20th this year and set up a lemonade stand and sell lemonade unabashedly, without apology, and proudly. 800-259-9231, because you should be. kids so much. You should be free to do this. I mean, your kids should be free to do this without being harassed by the police. And uh, to any police officers that would dare... Uh, pick on some little kids for selling lemonade. You should be ashamed of yourselves. 800-259-9231. A SACL CAI toll-free line. But we're just doing our jobs. It's Free Talk Live. Do you want to take back control of your own money? Then take a look at Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the world's first decentralized, anonymous internet currency. And it's gaining popularity every day. It's free to use free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use Bitcoins anywhere in the world, and their value seems to only be growing with time. To learn more, visit weusecoins.org. Your dollars are going down. Bitcoins are going up. Weusecoins.org. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there for free, so enjoy those, including Shrine of Female listeners. The dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing that they're listeners of this program. Shrine.freetalklive.com will take you there. And if you're a lady listener, you can get details on how to become part of the Shrine at Shrine.freetalklive.com. Now, you know cigarettes will kill you, right? Surely you've been thinking about giving the e-cigarette a try as inevitably they're showing up more and more often in your life. If, if yours is anything like mine, I'm seeing them pop up all over the place. Uh, and they're a healthier option, 22,000 times healthier. And we've got a great offer from Vaporsmiths.com. Pack-a-day smoker will save $120 per month. So you can start being richer, feeling better, and smelling better as well. What more could you want? Well, how about a free starter kit? Purchase 40 cardamizers with coupon code FTL. And you'll also get free shipping on orders of $60 or more when you Which order. includes those 40 cardamizers. Correct. Uh, 855-2-GET-VAPOR is the number if you don't have the internets. 855-2-GET-VAPOR or go to Vaporsmiths.com. That's Vaporsmiths.com. Joining us here in the third seat tonight, Michelle. Hello there. Hi, Ian. So we were just talking about the lemonade stand situation, and we were talking with Robert in New Jersey. And I guess you and Robert have had a level of conversation on this. We I sure guess have. You couldn't come to quite an agreement to do it all on the same day, so you're just going to do multiple lemonade days, right? 
Well, it wasn't so much as we had a disagreement. It, it's that he actually got his thing up and organized before I did, and mine's not going to be until Labor Day. And, and I like um, that competition between activists. <laughs> isn't that great? Yeah. And, you know, the more the merrier. And so, um, so yeah, he uh, he's doing his lemonade stand, and and um, I understand that some people are going to be offering free lemonade. Mine's not going to be free. But um, yeah. What's the point of that? Then you're not violating any uh, any law, right? And in fact, uh, tomorrow is a big day because in the town I live in in Dublin, there is Dublin Day, and um, there is going to be a stand that sells lemonade as well as hot dogs and hamburgers. And is from my understanding, there have been no permits that really? have been granted. That's who's right. behind this? Is it somebody you know? The city. Oh, well, they don't have to have a permit. Well, actually... They're, they're, they're the gang that controls the property. But that's the interesting thing, is that the um, lemonade stands and hot dogs and hamburgers are, are private vendors. So the lemonade stand is being put on by the uh, local preschool. Which oh, I'm is, sorry. I thought you said the city was putting on the lemonade the city, stand. The city is putting on Dublin Day. Right. So, but has the preschool gone to the city and uh, essentially d- negotiated this? Well, you know, I put in a phone call and I didn't hear back from anyone. But um, I'm going to go down there at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning and introduce myself mm-hmm. and and get the the 411. And I figure if they did get a permit, then that's news. If they didn't get a permit, that's news. Why is know? it news if they did get a permit? I mean, that's what everybody does. That's typical. People are always looking to follow, do it the right way and get the permit and bow down and kiss the boot. Exactly. But it's not being um, it's not being advertised and marketed in that way, but rather, you know, support the kids of the of the preschool and what they're doing and everything. So great. You can support the preschool and what the kids are doing as long as there's a permit. But what about what the kids are doing that don't get a permit? 1-800-259-9231. That's the toll-free number for you. So coming up August 20th is the Lemonade Freedom Day. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, We'll see what transpires. And I'm hoping that we'll have somebody set something up here in Keene. I know there are a number of people that have kids. It's just the the issue is whether or not parents are willing to take a little bit of risk because there is some risk involved here. Right. And, you know, I happen to – Robert, you know, liked my idea of – Lemonade for Liberty on Labor Day. Mm-hmm. I just think that's so, you know. Alliterative. So, yeah, yes. and it's so witty, the fact that, you know, Labor Day, I've never understood uh, why the United States government would have everyone take the day off to celebrate working. It doesn't make much sense. <laughs> you know? So on that on that weekend, we'll be celebrating uh, working without Entrepreneurship. Permits. Exactly. Yeah. Let's go to you and your thoughts. Uh, we've got Anthony on the line in Oklahoma, watching via the studio cam at cam.freetalklive.com. Hello, Anthony. Hey, good evening, guys. Hey. Uh, congratulations on uh, Lemonade Freedom Day. I hope it goes very well. I, I think there's some events going on in, uh, in my area as well. Excellent. Uh, but just to, just to kind of take things in a different direction, I'm currently reading uh, The Market for Liberty, mm. and uh, I'm only on Chapter 4. It's a fantastic book. Ian, I heard you guys talk about it a couple of, uh, couple of weeks ago, and I uh, went and picked it up. Oh, great. And one of the things, and I'm a recovering neocon and recovering status kind of, um, and I'm having a bit of problems understanding how the free market would deal with, let's say, a bad neighbor. Uh, let's say your neighbor, you have a nice neighborhood, uh, your neighbor moves in, somebody moves in, starts a crack house. Um, how would you deal with that without a coercive monopoly uh, forcibly enforcing some kind of code against that neighbor? 
Good well, question. I, I think that um, in the absence of the government putting in codes and uh, you know things like that, that you would probably have people that would uh, put together sort of uh, voluntary neighborhood organizations where you got, say, 100% of the people to opt in to some kind of contract that says, hey – you're not allowed to have more than 17 cars in your yard. Mm-hmm. Um, all of them must be operable or, you know, whatever their rules are. You know, you're not allowed to, uh, uh, you know, no art made from uh, disposed of toilets. These kind of, uh, you know, sort of uh, things that a lot of people could get behind. I think you would see these uh, these opt-in uh, situations. Um, but in lieu of that, I had a situation. What situ- you got against art with uh, toilets? Look, man, you could have them in your neighborhood. When they're done talking about toilets, I'll tell you how I dealt with a, a crack dealer in my neighborhood. Go ahead, Mark. Right. I, I had a situation, not a crack dealer, just trying to sell a house. The guy next door was uh, worked at a body shop, and he had like four cars, and they were in uh, different states of disrepair. Um, as a matter of fact, their plumbing went out. They never did anything about it. They were essentially <laughs> oh, no. camping in the house. So, <laughs> um, you know, it was one of those kind of neighbor- neighbors. Well... I figure I'm putting the house up. Uh, you know, this is it's it's worth some money to me to uh, to clean things up. I said, look, I'll give you. I can't remember how much it was, but uh, you know, a couple few hundred dollars. Get this crap out of the yard. Clean this stuff up, and um, you know, we're we're good. And so I, you know, I handled that situation on my own. How things went after that, I don't know. So to get to your question uh, specifically, odds are a crack house, uh, crack house wouldn't even be an option in you know a true free world because you wouldn't have drug prohibition, so people wouldn't have to go to crack houses uh, to you know to get uh, to get or use the product of their choice. But all that said, clearly there's still going to be the chance for bad neighbors, whether they're too loud or too messy or whatever it is their issue is. Um, I think deed restrictions are the way to handle that. If you're concerned about how people are going to behave nearby you, then you need to get into a voluntary, intentional community. Community of people who share similar concerns. So if, a homeowners association, basically. Yeah, it's a voluntary, yeah. as Mark said, 100 percent consent mm-hmm. consensual organization where they have you know a specific process. If somebody has a grievance, that they can go through uh, to to deal with that. Otherwise, if you are like me, you'd rather be left alone. You can always uh, move away from people. That's another option. You can have a lot of property, and so you're not real close to someone. Then it really doesn't matter too much uh, what they do, and or you can throw caution to the wind and you know live in an area where there are no restrictions. So I think it would be up to you as the buyer to beware in that particular instance. For In my, um, in my situation, I was living in Nashville, Tennessee, in um, an area called Germantown, which they're about eight blocks, and it's the oldest neighborhood in downtown Nashville. It's a very, very lovely neighborhood, and but it's surrounded on three sides by um, uh, Section 8 housing or, or, you know, that kind of housing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then on the other side, the fourth side is the Capitol, so, um, so in my nice little neighborhood, there happened to be a family that lived two houses down that had lived there forever. And, um, the, uh, the son who lived in the home that was basically my age in his forties still lived at home. And, um, he dealt drugs out of the alley, uh, the back alley of his house where my sons played street hockey. And, um, and I went over there and I told him that I didn't have a problem with him selling drugs I did have a problem with people honking at two o'clock in the morning because mm. it disturbed me. And so he remedied that. And then I simply told him that if he ever sold my kids drugs, I would put a bullet in his head. Oh, God. 
<laughs> Tell you what, Anthony, we'll bring you back here. I know you, you didn't have a chance to respond to any of the panel here. So uh, if you want, stick with us. More with Anthony, 800-259-9231. Dealing with neighbors without uh, government police around. How do you handle something like that? It's not to say there wouldn't be protection services either in the future uh, free market world. More coming up. You can take control. It's Free Talk Live. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we give to you there. Once again, freetalklive.com. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, go and shop with us over at shop.freetalklive.com. You'll find links to Amazon there, different Amazons for different countries. You click into the one that's right for you, and anything you buy, Free Talk Live gets a portion of the sale. It's the same great Amazon with the same great prices and service you're used to. You're just entering through our portal, so Free Talk Live gets a percentage. Once again, start your shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. As we continue here, Anthony did drop off the line, but he brings up a a really important question. Uh, He's learning more about the ideas of uh, the free market and how things would work in the absence of having a violent monopoly out there. And his question was, well, what do you do about the bad neighbors? He specifically brought up Crack House, which was kind of a bad example because if you know, if we actually get to a free market, we won't have drug prohibition. So crack houses will be a thing of the past. And it's hard to try to imagine what it would be like for a free market, you know, and take today's non-free market environment and project it into the other because as you said to him it wouldn't the situation wouldn't be the same because sure the what, what prohibition sort of, wouldn't exist yeah and also just what how things would be different in the world of ownership of property mm-hmm. and would people be more likely to get into deed restriction agreements if they didn't have the government and its code enforcers around to uh, to rely on, would we see an increase in intentional? I think uh, so. And these deed deed restrictions. Uh, I mean, you know, I know you don't like the term, but these are governments. These are governing documents that people would decide to get into voluntarily. These are. Uh, you see, this is this is committees. What, I like to say committees. You could use whatever term simply you want. to d- differentiate between the the difference here is is that government as it exists today is a monopoly and claims for itself that monopoly. It says no, you may not follow any rules but our rules. Whereas in these cases of deed restrictions, you would be able to opt in or opt out, and therefore you have a situation of a voluntary government where somebody gets to choose what government they want in particular areas. And you know that these are. This is just the the terminology that I choose to use is government because that's what it is. And people would say that they don't want this and they don't want that. And I think people do want clean and and tidy neighborhoods where, uh, you know, there's no noise after nine o'clock or whatever. But Michelle, you actually had success with the the drug dealer living in your neighborhood, actually just going and talking to him and you had threatening him with a bullet. Well, yeah, I guess that that was a little violent. Well, you know, I mean, well, the, that's the funny thing. Would is, you have had success had you not threatened him violently? No, this came after, you know, he stood at the end of my um, of my little walkway there and said, 
let me, I know you need your lawn mowed, but let me mow your lawn. <laughs> and I, I just had had enough. And I was, you know, I was a single woman living downtown yeah. and I'd already had someone come into my home at two o'clock in the morning. And, you know, and so, I mean, it, it wasn't a real there had been nine burglaries in my neighborhood over six months. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was, there were some scary aspects of it and everything. So, so I needed to be uh, pretty direct with him. I tried to just say, Hey, you know, and, and, and we were really friendly with all our neighbors. I was the only uh, person on the block that knew by name, every, all of my neighbors. And, um, I, you know, carried in his mom's groceries for him. And I'd helped his dad who was in a wheelchair, get into his van and had given him a ride one time when he was arrested. So, I mean, I'd been helpful to them Mm -hmm. and I was, I continued to be helpful even after, but I needed to make it real clear because he had no scruples selling it to anyone. And, I tried to have a logical, you know, reasonable conversation with him and he wasn't receptive at all. Now, part of the reason I'm sure he wasn't receptive is because he's grown up in this this atmosphere of prohibition. And and so, you know, as you said, I think it would be really different if um, people were exercising. Well, I'm glad that you you talked to him before you got any police involved. I never got police involved. Right. That seems like the the last thing anybody should ever do in a neighbor conflict. But we have this mentality or some people have this mentality that, well, if there's a problem with someone, go to the cops as though that's going to make things any better. And as an example, there's the the Keene Activist Center here in in Keene, New Hampshire. Uh, it's a it's a fairly busy place and it you know it's in a neighborhood basically. And so we are fortunate that the people that are in the in this vicinity, the in immediately adjacent neighbors have come and expressed any concerns that they have to the manager of the uh, the activist center rather than going to the police. But and in, that's in the context, right way to approach though, things. Yeah, but let's think about the context. Also, one of the gals who um, is a local, she has gone to great lengths to beautify the garden and mm-hmm. the and the lawn there and everything and, and make that really nice. So you've enhanced the neighborhood by doing so. And um, they're all the... Um, so the place isn't run down and, and no, like that's I said, true. so yeah, so it has been enhanced. So so there are reasons for the neighbors to believe that this is you know, it's that a we're good approachable. Thing. Exactly. Uh-huh. And when they drive by and those of us that are out smoking non e cigarette cigarettes, um, are standing, you know, on the porch, we wave and say hi and, and just the other day, interestingly enough, a, a man came over in a wheelchair and he rolled up and he said, Excuse me, he said, you know, and he asked about a car. And um, when we said, oh, yeah, we know who that person is, um, he said, well, I just want to let you know that he he said to he said something that was offensive to my uh, niece's daughter. And we asked what it was and he told us and we all, you know, thought, yeah, that was an inappropriate thing to say to a young girl. And so we addressed him. But the fact that he came and found us receptive to dealing with it and everything, mm-hmm. I, I think that had we said Dude, get lost. You're yeah. an idiot. Blah, right. blah, blah. He was blah. ready for a confrontation. He can say whatever he wants. You know, he was kind of ready for that. But the yep. fact that we responded with, oh, let us embrace you and we want to listen to you. We want to hear your complaint. We want to understand mm-hmm. you and have compassion and everything. It completely disarmed him. Yeah. And he he rolled away, you know, happy and pleased with that. And um, 
And so I think that's the But it's, it's nice to see. I mean, you're right about all your points that having a nice house is good and it's certainly going to help people be more likely to approach you. But there is a certain mindset of people. And there's one lady that lives down the street who reported me a few years ago for having a couch out. My, my tenants had a couch out in their lawn. She never came to talk to me. She went straight to the government. Right. And She's it's a government lady. Right. She works for the turns out she works for the state. I didn't know that at the time, though. Uh, but that said, there are people who think that way, who believe that, well, if there's a problem with the neighbors, you call the cops. Or if there's even if there's a problem with my your kids, you call the cops. Some some mm-hmm. parents have called the police to deal with their discipline issues at home. And then in some cases, the cops show up and they shoot their kid. So oh. all I'm saying, all I'm saying is uh, it's nice to have people not jumping right to the police as their solution for, for problems. And I think, you know, it's funny when I was growing up, uh, police would, for example, if my mom, who's this tiny little lady, she has two martinis and she's just completely, you know, snockered. That's, that's how we, we judge her weight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, she's, she can't handle the alcohol, you know, okay. so um, she would get a ride home from the police if she'd had too much drink. I mean, she just like she'd call a friend and say, I just, you know, she wouldn't call a taxi. She'd call the cops. They'd get, deliver her home. And then the next day, they'd come pick her up to go pick up her car. And it was a small town, granted, everything. But that isn't, in that, even in that small town, it's not handled that way anymore. And, I would suspect it's not, yeah. Right. And um, so so I think that the interaction, as we have abdicated more and more responsibility of our lives to the state, and the state has assumed that responsibility, that it's become this parental, disciplinarian, mm, yes. tyrannical sort yeah. of... It's kind of become parental, and it's a bad parent. Right. right. These cops are not peace officers. If they were, then I don't think anyone would have a problem calling them. Uh, if if you know, you've know you got a belligerent neighbor or whatever, and they're not listening, or you, you can't get through to them, it would be one thing to, to bring someone in who's trained in mediation, yep. uh, to bring somebody in who is, you know, is able to address a situation without going for a taser or a gun. And I think that it would be nice if the police filled that role. I'm, I'm told that once upon a time they were more like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you look over at Andy Griffith or something like that. I mean, that's it's my understanding that some cops will tell you that they were more peace officer oriented in, in the past. But it's just not that way today. And until it gets back to that, where you actually do have a group of people that are offering a legitimate service of mediation and keeping the peace, then I say do whatever you can to avoid calling these folks. And the only time they're going to get back to that, I think, is when they're finally open to competition and there can be somebody else in the marketplace who can offer these services without being threatened by the police for being a competing gang. Well, that's a, that's a key um, function there is that the difference between what you and I support, which is um, voluntary private uh, mediation and um, security forces is that the cops are paid at the expense of the taxpayers and everyone is overwhelmed. I mean, you know, you know that I had my truck and, and boat uh, hauled away and towed away because I, I don't register on this last weekend. And um, the cops certainly weren't there to help me in any way. More coming up here, 800-259-9231. I would like to talk more about what happened with uh, with your boat, because you said you've been pretty upset over the last day or so after they've stolen your, your truck and boat from you. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Freedom to travel. We'll get into that. We'll also take your calls about whatever you want. Hour 3 is next. It's Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm 
Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves. Uh, 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there for free. So enjoy those on us. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. And joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Michelle. And Mark. We're going to jump right into you and your phone calls. We'll go first to Danny listening in Oklahoma. Danny, you're on Free Talk Live. Danny. I was listening to Alex Jones uh, last night on the computer, and he was talking about the birth certificate of Barack Hussein Obama. Really? And uh, Pardon? Really? Yes, and uh, I have here a M-O-M-B-A-S-A register of birth has testified that Barack Obama from Coastal Providence General Hospital in M-O-M-B-A-S-A is genuine. So what does that mean? That means that he is not our official president. What are you going to do he, about it? Who is? Who is? Yeah, we who don't is? have a. We don't have an official president. Well, okay, okay. Time. Excuse me, sir. Um, yes. You know, I hear what you're saying. However, there is a person that gets onto an airplane, and when that person gets onto the airplane, it's called Air Force One, and it doesn't matter what plane it is. But um, the fact that. This man, Osama, or uh, excuse me, Osama, Obama, gets on the plane. It's delegated as Air Force One. So whether or not you acknowledge him as president, the rest of the government that's making decisions for you and for me and for everyone else acknowledges him as president. Well, I don't acknowledge anyone as my president. president. Hang on one second. I don't acknowledge anyone as my president. Why would you? I do not acknowledge him as president. He is an imposter. So what do you propose to do about it? What, he was not born in the United States. Do you believe that people voting for someone gives them the right to control you, like, say, with George Bush? Absolutely not. Okay. So what does it matter who the president is? They're all a bunch of criminals, aren't they? Yes, they are. Okay. So I guess but what I'm trying is, to figure out here is why anybody really pays attention to this, because it doesn't really matter, does it? It's not like he's going to go away anytime soon. He'll go away after the well, election, uh, presuming he's not reelected. But, I mean, really, if you were to be successful, if this uh, birther movement were to be successful and, let's just say, sweep the country with this uh, so-called realization that he's not the real uh, real so-called U.S. citizen, uh, that uh, then all of a sudden he's rushed out of office in a, in a fury of anger by the American people having been duped uh, by this mastermind. Seems unlikely. And uh, then, okay, so then there you go. You've made it so that uh, the other guy gets in. Whatever. Old, what's his name? The vice president. Biden. Biden. Yeah, Biden. Well, he's a crook too, but... Right, so what... So do you, do you see where I'm coming from? Like, there's all this energy and this time and, uh, and effort being spent on trying to... We're going to prove it that he's not a real citizen. But what good does not. that really do? 
it just proves that he's the imposter and okay. that he's Congratulations. He lying Ma- Muslim. Well, I don't care whether what his religion is. That doesn't matter to me. Uh, they're all liars. Well, is anybody under the delusion that any president in our lifetime hasn't been a liar? It should matter to you because he is a Muslim and he is trying to overtake the country. Do you have a way, excuse me, sir, do you have a problem with Muslims? I don't have a problem with Muslims per se, but I do have a problem when they uh, uh, take Christian uh, artifacts off the wall before they come into a college to visit the college to make a speech. That's uh, that's ridiculous. So it's and, not so much. It's and, not the fact that someone's Muslim. You're talking about someone being ill-mannered and disrespectful. And I, I have a problem with people that are ill-mannered and disrespectful, too. Nice clarification, Michelle. Thanks for the call. I appreciate hearing from you, Danny. Good luck with your crusade. Uh, 1-800-259-9231. I, sorry, it's just it's completely meaningless. Yeah, I've got to say that the birther movement, ha- I mean, we're into the campaign for the next election. Yeah. Like that, like maybe I this can't issue's dead. I Alex Jones is still talking. I don't listen to him, well, but I don't, he's I still talking about this? I, I wouldn't propose to know what Alex is talking about or not talking about. This could be a rerun from 2003 for all Who I know. Or maybe yeah. he took a call from somebody like him and mm-hmm. the issue came Hard up. Hard to say. I couldn't say. 1-800-259-9231. So it's like, what's the big deal? Okay. You figured it out. He's not a real U.S. citizen. Not that anyone is. And that was the one point I didn't get to talk to Gary Johnson about because I didn't feel like it was worth holding him over for. But he kept talking about U.S. citizen this, U.S. citizen that. And I'm sorry. Nobody <laughs> is a U.S. citizen. Prove it. Prove that the U.S. citizen actually exists. And by that, you mean that you've looked up in legal dictionaries. Uh, it's bl- in the regular dictionary, too. Black's Law Dictionary, that. all these things yeah. that essentially it says. Um, and Well, these legal dictionaries matter. Yes, they do. The regular dictionary doesn't matter because in legalese, different wor- you know, the, the, their legal words mean different right. than all I'm regular saying words. Is you can look it up in a regular dictionary as well. It's the same definition. You go online and look it up in a legal dictionary. It's free. The, uh, you know, it's the Internet. You can, you can look Actually, for free. Actually, it's really difficult to find legal dictionaries online for free. Have you done it? Um, I saw one, this this definition of uh, citizens. Yeah, I did. I, hmm. Black's Law Dictionary from whatever, 19-something. Well, that's because I downloaded a copy of uh, a couple of old, old legal dictionaries that have fallen out of copyright, basically. But the Black's Law and Abouvier's and all these people, they keep a real clamp down, as you might you imagine. they got to buy it. They're lawyers, <laughs> and uh, they don't want to exactly let their current revisions out. But as the case may be, these uh, these things say that a citizen is a person who has exchanged a, a duty of allegiance for an obligation of protection from the government. And since government, uh, since in the United States, and I suspect most governments feel the same way, uh, but in the United States, the Supreme Court has ruled many times that there is no obligation to protect citizens. Right. And the same, you know, if if that were true, then the police would have to compensate you every time your house was robbed because they failed to protect you. So you, they're not, they they don't have to protect you so therefore you are not a citizen is what right. you're they saying don't even have you're to in come fact and investigate a subject and this is a term that they've ceased to use but not true the cops use it all the time the cops use it but uh, the, the government used to use used to refer to them as the subjects mm-hmm. of the united states to you but now they refer to them as citizens so it's really just a lie that means subjects that's right. It's a co- it's a code word. You're yeah. exactly right. Uh, so 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. We continue here with your thoughts. We go to uh, Frank, listening in New York. Frank, you're on Free Talk Live. Uh, hello, people up in uh, 
New Hampshire. It's been hot here in New York. I think the hottest day ever recorded. Uh, A couple things. Number one, uh, the last comment about the police having to protect you, uh, in a sense, or, you know, if they fail to do that, they'd have to compensate you. Under law, that's not necessary. All they have to prove is that they uh, use due diligence in attempting to, you know, fulfill their obligation. They don't have and an obligation. Court, that's what we're trying to say The court would to sort of define that Frank, through a case. they don't have what an obligation. Would be. They don't have any obligation. They don't even have to show up. And if I don't so, have the choice to opt out, then it's the not a voluntary is, contract. The way that argument or contract would be. It's not a valid contract if I can't prove. say no due diligence. But the point I wanted to talk about is the fact that, number one, the free market has never existed. It never will exist. It's like absolute zero infinity. It's an abstraction. And the point I wanted to raise is... Why do you say that? If... Because that's a fact. Well, wait, whoa, whoa, that's not a. <laughs> you're going to make a claim. You better back that. That's, wait a minute. That's like the parent. Hold market. on, Frank. That's like saying the you know the parent telling the kid because I said so. No, no, no. Why? The point is there has never been a free market. The free market that does not mean there won't be one. Existed in history. That doesn't mean past results are not indicative of the future results. But they do have a certain. Uh, they do have a certain credibility when attempting to project a non-existent future. People would have said hundreds so of years ago, Frank, that's the that other would end never... of that argument. Frank, the future doesn't exist. Frank, All that exists is the future the is what we past. create. We get to create the future. No, okay, we create so we... the present. We create the present, and often the present mirrors the past. And that sort of, you know, historical narrative and Hegel and a number of I disagree, Frank. The present is that. the present but is the point, now. I wanted. The, the present is now, and we create the future by envisioning what we want to see and then making it happen. And hundreds of years ago, somebody would have said, the world has never existed without slavery, and they would have been right. But that doesn't mean that there couldn't be no slavery on into the future. The point is it's, it's an abstract argument. The future doesn't exist. All that exists is the present. I agree with that point. And the, pres- the point I wanted to raise – hold it, guys. The point I wanted to raise – hello? You're right yeah, there. Go ahead. Okay, thanks. I'm getting noise on my end here. Uh, what happens when, if you do have, let's say, your abstract notion of a free market with housing, whereby people can set up covenants and agreements and have citizen... Uh, Hold that say, thought, Frank. We'll bring it back. You can ask the full question here in a moment. This is Free Talk Live. When you're planning your move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, consider Keene. Civil disobedience, politics, media, outreach, and social events. Keene has it all. Get connected with video, audio, our forum, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the house. Unlike those other talk show hosts who want to charge you for their sites, you actually get to control the content of the site as well. You find something online, you want to share it with us and our listeners, you just submit it as show prep over at freetalklive.com, and then it's voted on by other listeners, and you as well, and the most voted up item will make it to the front page and the top of the website. So go and see and get interactive, and do it for free over at freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. You can get together with other like-minded, liberty-oriented people in the same place, and amplify your ability to do freedom activism. Because being around other people of a like mindset 
is so helpful in a variety of different ways. One, it actually gives you the numbers that you need to do things that heretofore had been impossible in the liberty movement, like mass civil disobedience, actually winning political elections, uh, <laughs> whatever it is you've dreamed of doing, it's possible when you actually get the numbers. I mean, that's what that's what liberty-minded people around this country are desperately trying to do. They're desperately trying to recruit people into becoming activists. And that just takes too long. I'm sorry. I've done it before. It's too difficult. It's not to say it's impossible, but it, it, it's a long, drawn-out process. Wouldn't it make more sense to get those people who already are liberty-loving people together, where they can be active together in the same place, rather than trying to create a bunch of new liberty-lovers in the area in which you live? And then if you actually get those liberty-loving people together, they create a movement that is, you know, it's impossible to ignore, and it infects more people as a result of that, because all of those liberty-loving people are interacting with other people that maybe aren't so concerned with, uh, with the issues of the day, and they're infecting them with the ideas of freedom. And if there are more people to do that so-called infecting, positive uh, infecting, yeah. then... Can we use another word? word? Yeah, is there another word for that? <laughs> In- spreading, inspiring, <laughs> spreading, uh, oh. encouraging people to believe in the ideas of freedom. The more people you have on the ground, the better. So go to freestateproject.org to learn more about it. Uh, that's why we're all here. Freestateproject.org. That's why we moved to New Hampshire, those of us here in this studio tonight. Now, we've actually got Frank on the line in New York. And Frank, you were asking a question uh, right. before we went to break there. If you could just go ahead and get, point, uh, start that question the, over. The point you guys made about neighborhood agreements and different covenants and things, you know, really has a lot of resonance and makes a lot of sense. But I'm going to look at history 50 years ago when we had discrimination on the basis of ethnicity, race, religion, uh, regarding housing. And, uh, you know, there were movies such as The Gentleman's Agreement with Cary Grant that talked about discrimination against the Jews in with regard to housing. Uh, it wasn't until the uh, Fair There's Housing There's also Act who's coming 19- to dinner and that, re- you know, Correct. Had, had, a, had a black man. Right. Here's so what I'm trying to point? say. My point is this. For over 200 years, there were restrictions on where people could live that were very discriminatory. It's only 50 years ago that that was changed with the law, the Fair Housing Act, that forbade uh, discrimination on the basis of race, sex, gender, uh, or nationality. And I just wanted to say that, in a sense, we have to be mindfully aware that that existed and that, you know, uh, you know, in a sense, so, we have to provide uh, a system that does not discriminate on those ir- no, ridiculous we don't. Thank you, Frank, for the call. I appreciate hearing from you. Thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate it. Well, I think that, um, yes, uh, that these things absolutely happen. I guess you would ask the question, though, is did they really stop discrimination? I don't know about you, but I've seen discrimination that existed in the world even after that. I mean, I've gone into a restaurant where in the, the black section of town where I could tell I wasn't wanted and my food was tossed down in front of me in, in a fashion that uh, made me feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, like the plate went clank, clank, you know, the food kind of jumped on it and it was you know it was like get out of here honky and you know that's fine that's there if if you know if it would have been a lot better for me 
in that circumstance if it if there would have been a sign on the door that said just no whites allowed well and then i would have understood that they would have recognized me as a white guy and not you know whatever ethnicities are mixed in it's not fine necessarily i i understand where frank is coming from and i agree with him the idea on the idea that people shouldn't be discriminated against sure. based on those things however on the other hand it's what is fine is if that's what's so important to somebody that they want to run their business that way it's fine with me if and that's limit what they want to clientele if that's right if that's what they want to they're cutting off their own uh, nose to spite their face, and they're limiting the amount of potential business that can walk through their door, and it's a stupid business move, and it's the wrong thing to do, but people should be free to make the wrong choice and suffer whatever consequences the market brings them for it. If, if people are discriminating against black people when they're renting a house, that means I, as a landlord, get to pick from more black renters. And, you know, I get to pick the best renter uh, of a larger group of potential renters. So they're cutting down on the amount of potential renters that right. they could possibly have. It's, it would be difficult to run your business this way. Um, and I don't think that these businesses would necessarily stay open but you know what uh, what what they what you end up doing with this sort of fair housing thing is you you put this bugbear out there that kind of scares people well if i'm turning this person down because they have bad credit are they going to think i'm turning them down because of their ethnicity or whatever and yeah i mean I, I don't but i don't think if we had freedom today that you're going to see a reversal and start seeing crosses being burnt on lawns so well, i think it, that people are of the opinion now we're moving towards a more free world and that the idea that freedom well, is going to result know, yeah. in people being discriminated against uh, you, you know on a larger though, basis Mark, that we're not going to be burning crosses and i hear you however we're still killing brown people I'm not killing anyone in, in, in okay, other countries. Well, he, as a he human said race, we, so I was using the same thing as right. as we. But um, well, I'm not burning crosses and I'm not killing anybody. Right. But I also want to point out that discrimination should be uh, should happen. Uh, and, and there are right reasons for it in some cases. Let me give you an example. This is something I've had in my show prep here for a little bit, and now's the right time for it. ABC News reporting about a restaurant that has banned children because, well, their customers don't want to hear a bunch of crying brats uh, when they're trying to enjoy a nice dinner together. Now, for some restaurants, that would be a really poor choice because families are a really important part of their uh, they their call client, them family restaurants. Their clientele. In this case, it's uh, McDane's, which is a Pittsburgh area restaurant, and they'll be banning children starting July 16th, so last week, uh, under the age of six from its dining area. Restaurant owner Mike Vuk said the policy came in response to complaints he'd received from older customers about kids causing a ruckus. In an email to his clientele, Vic wrote, we feel that McDane's is not a place for young children, and many, many times they have disturbed other customers. Now, are there going to be any kind of governmental penalties that uh, McVic, or that Vic will, uh, th- this particular restaurant, McDane's, will have to pay for this? I, I, I hope know. not. I hope not. They should be free to make this choice. And a, and a family that looks at that and says, boy, we really like McVane's, uh, or McDane, McDane's food, but we're not accepting of this kind of discrimination. We are going to go somewhere else. And they could tell this owner, they could say, well, I'd just like you to know that this is a crappy decision because it essentially discriminates against the good kids that are under the age of six because not everybody under the age of six is rowdy. Some of them can be pretty well behaved. Well, and and it depends on the day, too. You know, you know, one, the same kid that's terrible on one day can be uh, great on the next. You never and they know. Could tell, they could tell this person, I'm not going to bring my family. We're not, our family's done. We're not coming back to McDane's. They can. Uh, and that's, that's how the market can handle these 
problems. And it is, I think, in some cases, it's a problem. But for McDane's, it's the right thing for them to do. Or at least so they think. It's, it's their opinion. It's Maybe their the market decision. will reward them. Maybe they'll be punished for it. Only time will tell. And there's more coming up. This is Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we give to you there. Uh, We've got the news updates. You can get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to news.freetalklive.com. Get signed up via email, Facebook, Twitter, whichever works best for you. It's all free, and it's all at news.freetalklive.com. We've been talking about the Free State Project, and if if, if you're a supporter of the Free State Project and you're frustrated with how uh, slowly the Free State Project has been reaching its uh, 20,000 signer mark, consider this idea. Idea. A small group of liberty activists making telephone calls and petitioning in public areas around the United States for signers to the Free State Project. We've already gotten dozens and dozens, and, and, and honestly, we're you know, turning in dozens more. We're going to be up to hundreds soon of signers so far. But I pay these activists for their time, and I need you to go and sponsor some signers at Free State now.com you can sponsor one three or ten signers there's actually a spot to uh, do it uh, uh, you know whatever custom amount you wish to do it um, it's freestatenow.com and you can get uh, the free state project quickly and efficiently to 20,000 signers freestatenow.com okay wait can you tell me something about that you're sure. saying that you're sponsoring you're sponsoring people to sign or you're trying to get people who are out there supporting people to sign or encouraging people to sign who exactly is it that you're paying i didn't understand from that i've got um some activists uh, yep. you know, at th- this point we're, we've got we're two <laughs> um so we're at one and hopefully the the next one will start it takes relatively two to soon. make a thing go right it, hopefully it'll take 20 <laughs> but um you know they're out there either in public places uh you know getting people to sign the trifold the, okay you know, i you know yeah i pr- promised to move the free state project here's my name's you know that kind of thing yep. or calling them on the telephone signing them up online, sending them an email, right and on. they click through. I thought so, but the way it was worded there, I'm like, you're paying people to sign up for the free state Nope, project? I'm paying people to get people to sign up. Okay, for the there we go. Thank you for that clarification. But, uh, you know, I have to, since I have to pay them, somebody needs to, to sponsor them. So yes, please sponsor absolutely. signers, freestatenow.com. Let's continue with you and your thoughts. We go to ladies first. Mary is listening in Massachusetts. Mary, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes, good evening. I just Hi. found your station over the internet. Oh, excellent. How did you do that? Oh, I'm always searching for talk radio. Oh, very good. So all, all types. Fantastic. So, what did you want to share tonight? Well, I was a little perplexed. So, I just tuned in for about 15 minutes or so, and someone was saying they prefer not to use the police. Is that accurate? 
I don't you like to use the police ever. Period. I think it's the last resort. The, the the most. I mean, I think people should do anything possible before mm. resorting to the police. These people, the police, in many cases, are completely unpredictable. Uh, they are frequently trying to put someone in a cage, and they will. They're out to arrest, and they're not out to serve, and they're not out to protect. They're out wow. to to make arrests. <laughs> well, I think you know. I would say that uh, crime does exist. Sure, of course it does. Absolutely abuse their power. No doubt about that. But not all police do that. No, really. I mean, as Adam Kokesh has said, and I'm going to paraphrase, uh, that it's the, uh, the you know it's the it's the 95 percent of cops that make the five uh, the five percent look bad, or the 95 percent of bad cops that make the five percent look bad. He says it much more brilliantly, and I don't remember exactly how, but you know there there are some good cops out there, but they don't ever bust the bad cops. So effectively, the good cops aren't really doing much good. Well, if we took, I guess my question would be if we, I'm sorry, I don't know the, uh, the woman's name. I apologize. That's Michelle. Hi. Michelle. <laughs> yes. If you, it sounds like you never want to use them. I'm wondering if you had a bad experience. I've had lots of bad experiences. I'm 43, so mm-hmm. um, I'm a little bit older than the other, the other, the hosts here. But, I'm 40. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> Um, My mom was a social worker, so I was around police when I was growing up, you know, socially and, you know, fine socially. Um, But, uh, yeah, I I saw police um, beat the crap out of my 15-year-old boyfriend who wasn't doing anything wrong. I mean, with Mm -hmm. billy clubs and everything, and and that wasn't such a nice thing. I saw them, um, you know, put me away for four and a half months when I was 14 years old. And then, um, even though I hadn't done anything wrong, calling me a manipulative subversive because I didn't want to go to school. And, um, so that was, you know, my, an early indication to me, not that police were bad, but that police operated under a, um, the guise of force and that reason and, um, truth did not make a difference because they had a badge and a gun. So, right. you know, so, so the, the, there's not a level playing field there. You know, if well, you come to not. me, right. And so, so that was my problem from, from the get go from a very young age. And then since then, um, I just, uh, I like the idea of voluntary contracts. I like the idea of mm. people interacting voluntarily and when you come across someone that uh, is a, you know, as you would say, a bad person, I don't, I don't classify people in terms of good people and bad people because I think that good people do bad things and I think that bad people do good things. I, I just don't, you know, lump them in those generalizations. Um, so for me, the idea of using the state and take and who takes your money against your will to pay themselves to enforce laws that you don't agree to. I, I just, it just, the whole thing breaks down for me and I can't justify any of it. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I can understand some of your comments and obviously your experiences have uh, influenced you tremendously, but I, I don't think that we can take them out of the equation completely. I think that there, there is some, uh, their presence may deter crime. Do they catch everyone in the act? Absolutely not. If I'm going to have somebody entering my house and possibly posing harm to me, who would I call? You know, when you talk about private contractors, you know, they, they, uh, to me, I would see there'd probably be not much of a difference. They'd probably take on the same type of attitude. But who would I call? No, actually, and they wouldn't because. Uh... 
Okay. Mary, they, they wouldn't. Um, and I understand why you would think they would take on the same attitude because you're used to police behaving in a certain way and you think, well, that's just how things are. Uh, but the reason why they behave in the way they do is because they're not subject to any accountability and they're not subject to, to competition. The police know they can come into your home and they can kill people and they can shoot your dog and they can destroy your property and they can tear apart your car and they can destroy people's lives and they know they'll never be held accountable for it. Whether they do it or not, whether they're bad enough people to do that. But you're the, talking in absolutes and uh, I don't Think Mary, is an Mary, I've done I mean, this never... show. You've heard the show. I sh- think that Mary, lots of things are absolute. Mary, you've heard the show for a f- uh, half an hour. I've done it for ten years, and mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you, I started out as a guy who was way into this whole police thing. But what I found out is that cops hate cameras. If you want, oh, I, I know that. If you want to watch somebody freak out and abuse their authority, just put a cop on a camera and see what happens. And then I have oh. to ask myself, why? Why would well, somebody do that? I agree with you on that point. I think that, that uh, citizens should be able to be able to definitely tape them as they can tape us. And as soon I, I as that happens, Mary, you'll see an entire sea change in law enforcement. As soon as that happens, as soon as cops stop throwing people in jail for felonies, threatening them with 10 years in prison for using a video camera, then you'll see an entire sea change. But, you know, even, even with the video camera, there is this um, – if you go to Ohio – um, Conceal carry permit uh, dot com, I think is what yep. it is. Um, there were two cops that pulled over. Well, there was actually a car that was already pulled over, and it was in a, a seedy uh, part of town. And um, there was a, a woman, I assume, was a prostitute um, who was maybe soliciting or something, whatever. Any anyway, um, the cops came up, and the vulgarity that was used was just, I mean, would made me blush. And I'm really, I have a terrible mouth. But um, the cop was in the back seat of the car, searching it, and was grilling the passenger, and had just told the driver, "Shut up, shut your mouth, don't say a blankety blankety blank word. If you do, I." will take you in immediately so he'd already told and the man said but i have and he goes didn't i tell you to shut up what the man was trying to say is i have a gun and a concealed carry permit he'd only had it for less than a month as it turns out by the time the cops got to the guy 15 minutes later they um pulled him out they told what they told him was we should have pulled out our glock and put 10 bullets in you and that's all on tape. And he said that he would get away with it because they, he would, well, Mary. Well, I think yes. what I'm trying to say is... They got I, paid I just, leave. I just think, I, you know, I'm feeling like you're talking in absolutes, and I'm I'm sure there's some good work done by good people out I there. I agree. I've seen, the, I've seen the police do good work. I agree. The problem is when they do bad things, and it's frequently that they do bad things, uh-huh. they can't be held accountable because you're forced to pay for it. And I thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. If I could just say, no, I'm not going to pay for this crap, then that would do a lot to hold them accountable. More coming up, Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free 
Talk Live. Moments remain. If you're on hold, we might have a chance to bring you on the line here. If you aren't on hold, well, try us back tomorrow night. We do this thing seven nights a week over at freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live is brought to you by SACL CAI. Yeah, SACL CAI is a company that uh, handles accounts receivable for other businesses. You probably didn't get into your business because you want to do paperwork and you want to do collections, SACL CAI can do that for you. If you're having some uh, issues in that area, you want somebody else to take it over for you, SACL CAI will do it. They'll do it with respect. They will treat your clients as uh, though you intend to keep them. (laughs) Go see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's SACL CAI. All right. Let's continue with you and your thoughts. David is in New Jersey. David, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Michelle, and Mark. Hey, guys. Um, Kind of a libertarian theory question for you, I guess. Sure. I've been thinking a lot about um, the idea that if you had a, like a truly free society, a really freedom-oriented society, and someone commits a crime and uh, you put them in jail for months, years, life, and it seems like that goes beyond self-defense and becomes punitive, that pretty harsh you would just lock somebody up for whenever, when you could actually just kick them out of the society and, you know, secure the borders, and they're probably not going to come back. So you Well, I don't, that's not a free, free – as far as I'm concerned, concerned, if there's border security, that's not a free society. Uh, okay. Like, that's a closed society. Are you saying just, like, basically ostracize them and kick them out of the community? Well, I'm saying why not, why not offer the, any, anyone imprisoned you – know, you put people in prison so they can come back into society if they serve their time, but give them the option of exile. That way it's not technically – Involuntary imprisonment. It's voluntary imprisonment. Well, let me and let me I ask you this question. People would probably sure. I've got a, a, a I've had in, in the past. I got some chickens. A raccoon comes around. Um, you know, sometimes raccoons will come around, and you know they're doing their thing. And one of the things is eating chickens. What do I do with that raccoon if I catch them and say I have a heart trap? Do I bring them over to your house and let them go? <laughs> well, I mean, you can't you can't reason with the chicken that you can't give them the the option to. You know, you know that you know. Listen, you got to stay out, or I mean, they're going to come back. I know what you're saying, but I'm just you know what my my belief on prison is. Prison should be a place for not for penance, like a penitentiary, but um, in fact, it should be a place to separate people who are too dangerous to be in society from society. Do I think that there should be an opportunity for people to reintegrate? Uh, yeah, I suppose, but you know, at that Absolutely. point, you'd be dealing with far fewer folks than you're dealing with the millions and millions and millions of people in the United States that are locked up now. You can't deal with them on a one-on-one basis right. the today. Question, the question you're asking, uh, Dil, or David, excuse me, uh, presumes that things would be the same in a more free society as they are today as far as punishment is concerned. And I think that, uh, that Dr. Mary Ruart makes some excellent points in her book Healing Our World on this as she talks about how it is that restitution, a system rest, of restitution will uh, really make things a lot better in that, for instance, you don't have to fill jails with people who've committed minor crimes, even actual property crimes or personal crimes against another uh, human being, because as long as they are sorry for what they've done and, you know, they're not they don't have this huge track record of, of doing this a lot, then they could be somebody who could be still out and about in society and, and making good in that they would be paying back their victim, that they would be making the victim whole and then paying a little more, you know, on top, doing whatever they could 
to uh, to restitute the victim rather than just sitting several days or an ex you know arbitrary amount of time in a jail cell and calling that correction. Uh, you know, having actual restitution is actually correcting the problem as much as possible. So that is one way to keep people out of jail. And another one is to, uh, as you said, Mark, if you've got a really dangerous person, it doesn't make sense to just put that person outside of your town's line or borders or whatever, because then that person, whether they come back to your town or not, could go to another town and victimize someone else there. I wouldn't want to put my problem on on somebody else. Uh, if somebody is really a psychopath, then I don't see how they could there could be an exile option there. That that would be somebody that would need to. Uh, but they I, could I think, still do good inside well, that, of. That's that's sort of my point, though, is that if you let's say, I mean, I haven't thought too much about how it would work if you didn't have closed borders. I have to think about that, I guess. But let's you know, hypothetically for the moment, if you could actually keep out people that you've kicked out of the country, and if you were to implement that. No other country is going to accept someone who, say, committed a murder or such into their society. And so, in theory, you might end up with kind of a no-man's land situation. And since that wouldn't be too palatable, in practice, 99% of people that are put in jail, even though they're offered exile, might choose to stay in jail and then try to re-enter society. And so all that would really change is people's disposition. People would still be in jail, but they wouldn't. I see have what you're saying, but I don't. I don't think I want a psychopath uh, crapsing about right. through the woods. What well, that says to me is that what I want to do is get a large boat and create a uh, a band of pirates to to make. People are going to want to integrate, but if they're su- if they're no, the sane, thing I was going to say is they wouldn't be in the woods; they'd be on the ocean. But, but if the if the person that you're talking about is sane, then they would want to reintegrate into society because jail sucks. Uh, now, of course, jails could be better in a in a situation where you actually get to choose which jail you go into, and I think it's important to have uh, humane in conditions under which people like right. I don't think kept. you take bad people, put them in a bad place, treat them badly, and expect them to get out not good. Uh, but but yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that when you get in, when you go into these situations, you don't really want to go back to them, and especially when you're going into a, a jail where you know you don't have regular folks around, like people that were dealing drugs or caught with drugs. I mean, those people are all over jails today, and if you actually had a jail where you really just have dangerous people that are being held in you know maximum security it's not going to be the most social of environments uh for somebody that's uh, that's being taken there so there are a lot of changes that can be made to the current system to make things better uh ostracism i think is also a very very powerful tool and if somebody isn't repentant toward what they've done then yeah they deserve to be ostracized and i think that can uh go part and parcel along with all that i thank you for the call tonight appreciate hearing from you as we continue with uh, you and your thoughts let's go to mike listening in virginia to xm's america's talk hello Mike. Mike? In Virginia. Hey, how are you? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I was, uh, I was listening earlier, and I heard you guys talk about uh, war, and uh, just got the impression that you guys are just straight-up anti-war. Is that correct? I'm, I'm pretty close to anti-war. Do you think it's a good solution to problems? <laughs> well, it depends on the problem, but uh, you have to admit, I mean, we, we look at war, and uh, I guess you could say if you just leave well enough alone and stay out of the business of any war, doesn't war kind of uh, find you eventually? I don't know. Um, I I don't think we've ever gotten to that point. So let's talk. Let's instead of talking in terms of hypotheticals. Well, no, it's not a hypothetical. Let's look at Switzerland. Has war found Switzerland recently? Let's talk about World War II. I mean, let's talk about Switzerland and World War II. Well, let's look at World War II. We took the position of, well, let's stay out of it. And what happened? It's no, the United out. States Actually, did not stay out of it. World War II is really just an extension of World War well, I. We didn't stay out of World War II. I mean, yes, we eventually got involved, 
after uh, we got attacked. The, uh, the, the okay, uh, World War Two is an extension of World War One. It was uh, it it came about because and but almost. The All Treaty of Versailles. Right. But do you understand how aggression got us into a situation where a more aggression was necessary? Like, what a surprise. You treat somebody badly, they react poorly to it. Well, what you're saying well, is, Mark, that... line? I mean, if we just sit by and just idly let things go and... Wait a, se- wait a second. Oh, what I mean, do you mean idly let I mean, things go? Are you talking about the World Trade Center was bombed and what ought our response to that be? No, I'm no, not talking about that. Actually, he's talking about World War II. Let's go back to uh, Mark. Mark, you didn't really make your point very clear. Uh, well, okay, World so War I, in World War One, uh, the you know the, the Woodrow Wilson said he's going to keep us out of war because that was a popular position. He broke his promise, got into the war, and then tipped the uh, scales. The Treaty of Versailles was uh, onerous for Germany. Germany was under the uh, uh, you know I mean they were eating the their dogs and stuff. They were in terrible, horrible. terrible situation there in Germany. So it, it left a political situation where a man, a nut like Hitler, would actually could rise to power. I mean, the people of, uh, of Austria voted at 97% to take Hitler on as their leader. I mean, this was, this was the situation that the central powers were in at that point. So, yeah, they reacted poorly to having, um, you know, to losing the war. And if the United States hadn't have gotten in, then World War II wouldn't have happened. And the uh, well, the whole idea that the well, U.S. was attacked this, I mean, is fallacious, sir, because the Japanese were manipulated into that attack by uh, by Roosevelt at the time. Well, don't forget Hitler, too. Right. So I'm sorry. The whole thing, you know, the, the American history version that they teach you in government high school is, is obviously it's slanted to support the U.S. government. And it's not the I'm sorry. It's just not the whole truth. So, I mean, bottom line is we should just sit by idly and if the fight comes to us. No, if you want to have a war, go ahead and have your war. I'm just saying, hey, hey guys, if the fight comes to us, we should do what? That's why I brought up the World Trade Center. Within our lifetime, it was bombed by a foreign group of, of people and on the American soil, the United States soil, and the response was what? The response was trillions of dollars in debt and 10 years of sanctions and murder against a sovereign nation for weapons of mass destruction. Oops, there weren't any weapons you of mass destruction. You should defend yourself. If you are attacked, I fully support that. And Mike, call us tomorrow night because we're out of time. I know you get the show two hours late on XM. Uh, We're out of time right now. We're live 7 to 10 Eastern. Call us at the top of the show tomorrow. We'll get into plenty of detail on this with you. But if you want to fight a war, go ahead. Raise some money and go and hire some mercenaries or you do it yourself and you go fight your war. Just don't force me to pay for it. I'm not interested in it. Uh, I want to achieve peace and peace is the only method to achieve it. See you tomorrow. You know that cigarettes will kill you. You've been thinking about giving the e-cigarette a try? There is a healthier option. 22,000 times healthier. Well, listen to this offer from Vaporsmiths.com. A pack-a-day smoker will save $120 a month. So you already start being richer, feeling healthier, and smelling better. What more could you want? How about a free starter kit? Just purchase 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. Free shipping on orders of $60 or more. 855-2-GET-VAPOR or go to Vaporsmiths.com.